Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. What up, High Fivers? This is your boy, High Five Tom. And for the usual, I do have a very, very special guest, uh, my good friend, uh, the vice president of the East Coast chapter of the Takeover Club. I like to say I'm a consigliere of the East Coast chapter. <laughs> uh, but my very good friend, Mr. Rob Domingo. Rob, how are you this evening? Good, man. It's good to see you on the Zoom and hear you. Uh, felt like I just saw you about a week and day ago. Which is and ironic because yeah. you did. So. Yeah, I totally did. It was kind of awesome. <laughs> as we were, as we were eating pizza in front of a hot dog, joining it two in the morning. But that's pretty Dude, that that's a memory right there. Like you got beers outside. We got a whole thing of pizza at a place where they don't even serve pizza. We were just eating there. Yeah. I think, I think that that's just us living that high life. That's, you know, that's, that's how we get down. Yeah. That hotel we were staying was super swanky. That is pretty swanky. So I, yeah. Yeah. They had a rooftop bar and everything, but I'm going to roll with you next time. Shit. I know there are six of us crammed into a room though, but okay. Maybe I'll get another room and roll with you, <laughs> but it was two double beds and then they had a pull out and then, and the couch. So, I mean, so we all slept. All right. So, yeah. Oh, and then you guys got back. Okay. Uh, yeah. Obviously the next day. Yeah. So my buddy, Brett, uh, he is a uh, shout out to the brain Bruster boys, uh, but he left his lights on, you know, cause we all parked our car Saturday. And then just, you know, we're just Ubering it and whatever. Actually, we only took only took one Uber, to be honest with you. Nice. Um, because my buddy Jason met us at the show and he got free parking. Um, that free warrior wrestling parking. So yeah, but we always parked our car. I mean, you you know you live in a big city, you know, once you get your car parked and you know. So how was how was the warrior wrestling? Dude, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was yeah. a good time. I uh I got to meet Kevin Kelly, which was pretty much the cool. main main reason i and i was too scared to ask him for a drop oh no you gotta you gotta just do it you gotta do it man um he probably he was i'm talking like 10 minutes and he probably would have done it yeah yeah totally uh i mean was it did you pay for the meet and greet yeah it was a hundred bucks and then you get a uh free autograph um and free picture with everybody that's in the show oh dude hundred dollars dude they're they're probably getting paid more than what you're contributing. So I think anything to help out the community they would have done. Like I've done plenty of drops for Phil's podcast. I get I get the combo and the autograph and the signature. I'm like, hey, and I ask a little I was like, yeah, no problem. And then like they make sure they get it right. Like the last one I did was Mark Henry where he was looking for his illegitimate son rage. (laughs) And like he like he like examined the script for like a minute. I'm like, what is he going through my phone? But no, he was memorizing it. Then he put the camera on in the notes app, which I didn't know you could do. He recorded himself. I'm like, this is way more than I wanted. I, I usually just put the voice recorder on, but he actually recorded his video. Yes, I, I know. I felt stupid. It was, I said he was the main reason. And like, no one was coming up to him. Like, we were one of the first ones. So, so I got a good five, 10 minutes. And we were just, you know, I was telling him about, you know, I'm like every other jerk off. I've got my own podcast, but I was telling him, you know, we're, we're watching Ring of Honor 2012 and we we're just kind of going over the Adam Cole and Nigel McGuinness match or uh, yeah. Adam Cole, Kyle uh, Riley, Kyle and uh, just him and Nigel just went off. 
on that man. It was awesome. Listen, they were just spanting list and getting Kevin Kelly just like, God bless you, Adam Cole. So <laughs> yeah, I just I just chicken and my phone's so old, so I'm not even sure if I have a voice recorder on it, but gotta get an you know. upgrade, man. It's expensive, dude. Jeez. Phone yeah, so, what's up with the brew crew? They gotta give you the upgrades, man. Yeah, they should. So um they should give me a lot of things, but um, but yeah, other than that, listen, I got to talk to Mike Bennett for a little while. Um, talked to Marie Canel mm, for a while. Nice. Um, how's, how's her butt? Um, you know, it was uh, pretty spectacular. You know, pretty cool. Easy. Cool. I mean, that's why she's there. Yeah. She's she, great. You know, she was doing her uh, her women's wrestling army show, right, pre-show. Okay. And a friend of mine was actually on the show. So I just went over and just put my friend over. I'm like, nice. yeah, a really good signing. Um. Yeah, because my uh, well, I shouldn't say friend. It's one of my favorite wrestlers, but she. Uh, so on Rampage, she wrestled Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez, and then for Warrior, she wrestled Allison K and Marty Bell. So What's she her had, name? She had uh, Sierra. Sierra. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen her. Yeah, she was with Lainey Luck on uh, Rampage from Milwaukee. So we pronounce it Rampage. Oh, sorry, you know, <laughs> us Midwesterners were not very fancy pants, so. You get the Eastern European pronunciation. Yeah, but Chris Hero had a long line. I got to talk to Zachary Rents for a little while. Um, I hadn't talked to him since I saw him in 2018. Uh, okay. I did not talk to Ninja Mac because I'm stupid and I forgot he was on the show. Uh, so disappointed myself, but um, yeah, it was just cool talking to Kevin Kelly. And then, yeah, the matches were great. Uh, Mike Bennett killed it. I uh, wrestled this guy, Beast Man, but there's a there's a six man uh, Lucha uh, scramble. And uh, my friend Perch, uh, former guest of the show, um, was the referee man, and it was it was probably the best Lucha Libre match I've ever seen in person. Hmm. That's saying a lot. I've seen a lot of Lucha Libre matches, so it was it was awesome. So, yeah, Gringo right. Loco was the new Warrior Wrestling uh, number one contender for uh, that belt. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Gonna, talking about Lucha. At the Forbidden Door. Don't you think Desperado was way, way in the beginning of the card for his caliber? Yeah. <laughs> it was such a waste for him. Though, like, he picked apart Keith Lee and Swerve. It was pretty cool. Him and Katamaru. Yeah, it's, uh, that dude's got a future. So, oh, yeah. Um, and now he's calling, I guess the rumor has he's, <laughs> calling, out, he's calling out Moxley. So, Desperado? Yeah. Dude, that'd be awesome. So, yeah, he's he's really good. So and I'm yeah, I'm actually gonna make a concerted effort to watch a bit of the G1 this year. So it's a it's a lot, dude. And I'm not gonna it, watch all of it, but I'm gonna try and watch about an hour a day. It happens like throughout the festival, so I really don't get a chance to watch as much as I want. But I do like I keep it on like the TV when I work, and then I'll just see the highlights that night. You know. Yeah. So but it. it I mean, just as much as watching it, it's grueling for the, the wrestlers there. Like, I feel bad for them. That's, that's a heck of a week or a heck yeah. of a month. So, you know, and Tom Lawler's making his debut. That's an awesome signing for them. Well, he's from Strong, no? Yeah. I guess it sounds like it. Yeah. So uh-huh. I, I haven't kept up. I mean, it's, there's just so much wrestling. I haven't watched Dynamite in a month. You know, the, I was there and I just, you know, you know, I, I mean, still watch Blood and Guts yet, but that's a lot because they 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 rush 
Forbidden Door because of you know injuries and scheduling. So all their the, all their storylines are like nixed, and then Blood and Guts is probably the only constant thing. I feel bad for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, I just thought it was kind of ironic because everyone's complaining that they've got too many wrestlers, but you get an injury bug like this, and all of a sudden, you know, all those wrestlers. So yeah, dude, they brought they brought Brian Brian Cage back on TV. That guy's gonna kill it. Yeah. He's back our, on TV. Say again. Cage is back on TV. He was on TV. <laughs> I saw him on TV somewhere. I did. Oh. Okay. Um. But he wasn't in the crowd. I think he did a promo. Okay. Um. But he, he's probably going to show up in ROH. Death, death, and uh, death by dishonor. Yeah. I know. I was like, man, I'm leaving like three days before that. I just, I can't. Well, you're. you're you're going to be there, right? You're going to be in the area, right? No, we'll be gone by then. I thought you're going somewhere after the festival. We're going, yeah, we're going to go up to New Hampshire, see my buddy Will, and then we're going to go to Maine. Uh, but then we fly out of Maine on the twentieth, and the show's on the twenty third. So, Uh yeah, I mean that's all. I, I feel like New England is like the same area. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, it's pretty. I mean, you got to remember when I lived out in Idaho, I'd drive sixty miles just to go to the grocery store. So. You know, New England, everything's close together. So, yeah. Well, speaking of the festival, Rob, and how we're oh, each other. Great segue. Great segue. Well, you know, I, I'd say I'm a professional, but I'm sure I should not. But the reason um, for our, our conversation is uh, the New York Asian Film Festival uh, starts July 15th, otherwise known as Not Your Average Fucking Festival. Um, which I thought was a great tagline. So that, that was a suggestion by like a visiting director. He's like, what the hell does NAF mean? Not your average fucking festival. I'm like, oh my God. And he made a t-shirt about it. Yep. So, and uh, we will probably pick some of those up. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, this is my, uh, my better half's Christmas present. Um, you and mm. her have been talking about this for about two years. I think since the first time you met. So, or maybe just yeah. Last so yeah. I'm glad you guys are coming. Yeah, you're you're gonna see um, you're gonna see a plenty of good films on the opening weekend. Um, and I know some are sold out, and you just let me know which ones those were, and I can get you in. Sweet, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, so we got yeah tickets for for nine of them. But uh, how did it, so basically for someone that doesn't know, which is mainly myself, um, yeah. how did, <laughs> okay. I, mean, I know you were you obviously you weren't part of the fest. Were you part of the festival? I'm assuming you were part of the festival day one, 20 years ago, right? No. So it originated with like uh, four, five, five white dudes, right? <laughs> and two of them, are, three of them are my good friends. Uh, I, I, hang out, I hang out with one of them in, who lives out in New Jersey. Now he has a family uh, on like a day, I don't know, like a monthly basis. We go like toy hunting or whatever. Um, and these guys formed an organization called Subway Cinema. Uh, and it was the first outlet for people in New York to watch uh, Asian film. Uh, the caveat there was that most of the Asian films were all martial arts, which is great. Right. But some, sometimes it, it kind of gets uh, you know, monotonous and if it's not martial arts, it's like over the top, like genre films from Japan, like 
Frankenstein girl versus vampire girl. I, I'm not even kidding. Like one called like Groper Train One and like Groper Train Two. Like they would show these like midnight showings. It it was insane and like it it developed a genre audience similar to uh, the Alamo Draft House as they have um, Fantastic Fest in Austin. Um, so that that lasted about until like mid 2010 so probably 2015 okay um i'd say early 20 teens they they got a new programmer uh his name is sam jamier he's our boss at the festival now and he is he's asian but he's a korean adopted from france so he was raised in france he has a french french accent so i love he's, that. he's got that that culture he's a doctor in cinema so he knows his stuff um and he loves video games too he loves like playstation 5 i i helped him get a ps5 and he's played like awesome games that have great narratives that helps him like think about his own stories that he wants to produce but because of him the film festival has transformed into not just a genre festival, which is great. Now they have all types of genres yeah. from, from comedy, from action, drama, artsy, independent. Uh, we were recently um, getting into Asian American film now, which is great. Um, but at the same time, we still embrace our roots they every year they have the the action award the daniel craft action award daniel craft is one of the programmers there and he he passed away mm. uh from cancer unfortunately back in like 2012 2013 and he was a cool dude um i'm not sure if you remember this story uh when star trek 2 came out jj abrams star trek 2 there yeah. was like a can there's a cancer patient who knew he was going to die and he mailed J.J. Abrams asking him if he could watch like a raw cut. That was Dan. So, yeah, yeah. Dan was the one who watched it. And we asked him, like, dude, how was it? It's all right. <laughs> it, was, it was like a Dan, whatever. Dan was Dan was pretty cool in the fact where all the programmers would fight amongst themselves on on what's happening with festival money-wise or what they want to program. And Dan was like, Hey, did you see White Storm 2 yet? I think we should put that in. <laughs> He's just all about action films. So every year we honor him with an action film, uh, or we honor a director um, in Dan's name, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of awards. They have like a Rising Star Award. They have a, a Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, and then there's like a Jury Selection Award, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but I got started, I, I initially started going to the festival in like 2008. My friend James was um, the volunteer coordinator and he would just get me tickets and I'd watch. And that's like when the genre films were there. And I, I remember just watching these crazy ass Japanese films at midnight. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is what they show in Asia. Like, I guess I'm not missing much or whatever. Like I never saw like really good films. I just saw films that like like people. <laughs> uh, sadly, there there's like one guy in the old subway cinema, which I, uh, he, 
he has like the Asian fetish. So that was his program, like where he would get he would get all these crazy ass films. And I'm very glad that he's gone now. Uh, <laughs> and then the other guys, they faded away. They focus on their own careers and they passed it on to Sam. So Subway Cinema is no more. Uh, actually, no, I, I, the, Subway Cinema still exists. They still show like old stuff. But now uh, Niaf is under the umbrella of the New York Asian Film Foundation, okay. which is more of a proper nonprofit foundation. Okay. And we're always looking for sponsors because we have no money. Uh, all of our staff, I'd say 95% of staff are all volunteer based. I never got paid. I probably got paid like the first year I, I did uh, a manager position back in 2016. It was just like so little. I'm like, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. So you, it's really a labor of love. And then you do this until you can't do it anymore. And But it's still something to get excited about. Like I, for one, being this is the first year since 2015, I'm not regularly involved in our weekly meetings mm -hmm. um i feel i have that fear of missing out so i'm trying to help out as much as i can without sacrificing my everyday work life uh and i feel like that's good enough for for me and in the balance so um so i know i was i said i started watching yaf at 2008 then they my friend james was like hey i need help like around 2011 hold this box you're a volunteer now so the box is like for the prize raffles and before every film there's a raffle and you win a prize which is cool that's awesome so yeah um you know obviously going through the movie i mean there's movies from all over asia which is awesome so it's not just you know like just you know japanese movies so um yeah, there's from the philippines thailand obviously chinese um korea um, so I don't know if this is a new thing, but my mom has latched on to the Korean dramas on Netflix, and it's all she watches now, like literally all day, every day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've made the mistake of letting my mom into the world of K-drama like 10 years ago, and that's pretty much all she watches. She, yeah. she, she would get like the, um, I think it was like a subscription called Vicky. At one point, they would show them, but they wouldn't have all the subtitles ready, and she'd get pissed. It's like, why are the subtitles at? It's like, mom, they literally just premiered yesterday in Korea. You got to give the translators time to put the subtitles in. It's like, well, they should do a faster job. I'm like, oh, ma, that's awesome. So now with um, <clears throat> like with the movies, do do um do the directors like read or to the people from the festival reach out to certain directors? <laughs> Or do people like submit the movies or how do the movies kind of. Uh... It's, it's a mix of both. Um, we're not a submission based festival. Uh, we go to what's called a film market uh, um, during, uh, I believe, the Busan uh, International Film Festival in Korea. Mm -hmm. They have a film market there. And then I believe. Uh, the Italian festival Udine has a film market, and then I think Cannes has a film market as well. So they would show the films at these major film festivals, and they have like a bidding war—not a bidding war, but like as a smaller festival, you can apply 
or be like, hey, I want to show your film at my festival in New York. We're the only Asian, New York Asian film festival that shows just strictly Asian films. Now we're doing Asian Americans. There, there is another festival that just show Asian American ones, but they're their programming is not as great, I think. Yeah. I hope they're not listening, but yeah, that, that that's basically how it is. And uh, also just through reaching out to distributors. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot of work from our programming team. Our programmers will watch no no joke, probably 500 films each. Ooh. And then they weed out they weed out a bunch of turds, so they take out only, they only watch the best, they pick the best 50 or 60 and show it at the film festival. Ooh. So they have like a formula where if they're not engaged the first 20 minutes, they're like, yeah, this is, this is bad. Well, another program's like, well, if you stuck with it for like a little bit more, it gets kind of better. So then there's like a committee amongst the five of them. Wow. And that's like 10 movies a week. At least, dude, at least. Yes, I mean, so they're yeah. really, um, you know, I've got a, a friend of mine, he runs a, um, a festival out of Philadelphia, and, you know, he, or a hardcore festival, so it's music, but I mean, he says, like, I mean, he's, he's a year, he's starting, like, a, a year and a half in advance, so he's already starting on his festival for 2024, you know, so I'm assuming these, so they're, they're starting, so probably the day after the festival, they're already watching movies for next year, then, I imagine, huh? Yeah, yeah, I mean, really, the, the timeline starts right at September for us. Uh, that's when the Busan International Film Festival is. So, wow. yeah, after this, the programmers take a break for a month and then they're back at it. Um, they go they go to these film festivals. Uh, they do their thing, you know. Uh, and they're, at the same time, they're, they have day jobs, too. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully they have jobs that are in the industry, and if they don't, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a lot of dedication. Yeah, dude. Um, one story was back in 2012. I wanted to tell you, my friend James was like, hey, I need your help. I'm like, what do you need me for? Like, I need to be a bodyguard. I'm like, for who? <laughs> for Jackie Chan. Oh. Why does Jackie Chan need a bodyguard? I mean, yes. But why does he need a bodyguard? Um. And he did actually. We had to like body block him from people. There's like one dude who rushed the stage, and like people were freaking out. This guy was like talking about freedom of Hong Kong or whatever. Um, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of crazy. But uh, Jackie Chan um, kind of like talked him down uh, in classic stride. Um, and then we had Donnie Yen at the next year. He was pretty cool too. Yeah. He, was very, he was very nice. He gave out like a lot of signed autographs for everybody. He made and he did like multiple appearances. It was really funny. Wow. And um, so <laughs> all, and um, is there any anime anime uh, anime movies in there too, or is it all? Um... No, they they have some. Um, some they don't really have the Miyazaki ones. Um, but they'll have anime or Chinese animation or Korean animation. Sometimes they have CGI stuff, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, so yeah, it's not just the mids live action. 
Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm going in this pretty much blind. I mean, my my better half knows a lot more about, it, but I mean, you know, I, I'm that guy. All I know is, I mean, I know Bruce Lee. It's what I grew up on, and you know, Jackie Chan movies, and then John Woo movies as I kind of grew up. So, um, uh, really I have to give movies. you like a short list of like classic films to watch that are uh, not of the martial arts uh, genre. And uh, so speaking of classic movies, too, do they show any older movies or all these relatively? Yeah. No, no, no. I believe on July 30th, they're showing Kung Fu Hustle, which everybody's <laughs> watch that. So, oh, and the, th- oh, the Thieves. Damn, I'm missing that. Shit. The Thieves is really good. Korean film. I saw there's some Godzilla movies coming out, too. You'll be missing Shin Ultraman, which is like huge. It's sold out. It's on hmm. the 23rd. Dang, I think next year, I think we'll have to just do the two weekends, I think. We'll have to expand our trip next year, so. Yeah, try to remote in for the last two weeks. Is that something you can do? Uh, no, for you, I meant <laughs> remote working. Okay. Uh, during the pandemic, we did go online in 2020. Right. We, used, we used, like, a little ghetto app called Cinemagic or something. It was <laughs> a very bad Chinese app, had a huge ton of problems. Um, and then last year we used, we were half and half. And the other the other online part was through a website called Eventive, which is what we're doing for uh, tickets right now. Yep. And That's that was, so. Yeah, that, that was pretty good in hosting our stuff. But uh this year we're fully live, so bring your masks as you mask up because people are still getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I'll be. I'll it's have not require not a requirement, but it's probably a good idea. Um, you know, I'll be I'll be rocking my Brewers mask, my AEW mask. So nice. Um, all right, well, Rob, we're gonna take a quick break here, real quick, because Zoom's about to kick us off. So. Oh. So high fivers will be back for you guys in about 10 seconds. So all right, high fivers, thank you so much. We are back. Um, so yeah, so we were just talking obviously about the festival and everything. So, Rob, the big, big question that Faith and I, well, mainly me, um, have is will we be able to buy Bokari sweat at this festival? Uh no, unfortunately oh. not. Not not at the festival, but you can definitely buy it at any Japanese market, which <laughs> is probably close to where you'll be staying, and you can bring it in. No one's going to stop you from bringing your Bakari sweat. Okay. All right, Sunshine. We almost had to cancel our trip, so... Um... So yeah, as uh, as as Rob knows, but the high fivers might not know. But uh, Faith and I went on our official honeymoon to Indonesia. She introduced me to Bokari sweat, which I still call Bachi sweat. Um, which you can I call booty sweat. Boot, I mean booty sweat. So it is just basically just um, an Asian version of Gatorade, which is which is a lot better, and it's tough to get. You can get it on Amazon, but it's pretty pricey. Um. You know, but we've got an Asian market down the, well in Arlington Heights. That's the only place I found it so far. So hmm. uh, that was that was the that was the big question we had. So and we good get, for good for hangovers. Yeah, it's just it's just great. And well, I mean, in Indonesia, it's definitely not cold. So you definitely want to. Say <laughs> so. 
and I get dehydrated just walking across the street sometimes. So, um, and do they serve uh, popcorn at these movies? They do. And when you're there, I can probably help you out. I don't know what it is, but I mean, we, we go to a solid chunk of movies, but I just, I just love pop movie popcorn. So um, they also have uh, chip, which is like ice cream cookie sandwiches. It's a good thing we're going to be doing a lot of walking. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, with that, so opening night, there's a, so what it's an open market, you said it's called? Night market, night market. It's a market at night. I called it open market. So. <laughs> I heard open market before, and I was like, "Open for what? What are they selling? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> are they selling uh, people?" Yeah, but we got that. So yeah, with the first movie, which I think is kind of like the big feature that opening week, the Fast and Feel Love movie. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like uh, it's pretty popular. Yeah, it's not sold out yet, um, which is interesting. There's like three or four that sold out just due to their popularity. Okay. Um, but I, I you know, the it's the price tag of the first one. I think you're paying I don't know how much is it? Fifty or twenty-five? Uh it was forty for members. Okay. Okay. So it's well forty so it's forties for the movie and for the night market. That's actually pretty good. But, uh, I, I mentioned the other film festival that happens after ours. It's called the Asian American International Film Festival. Their opening night price tag, kid you not, I believe is at least $150. Jeez. Yeah, they have, but they go all out on their on their opening night. Like it's it's um it's a happening, but I just want to watch the film, bro. Yeah. Um, so what's what are all it tells in the night market then? Um, there will be four food vendors from local um restaurants um asian inspired of course and then i believe one of the vendors will be a drink vendor so there'll be spirits as well um not sure if there's a live band yet um typically there are and then in night markets past we would have art on the wall from a local artist named jerry ma um his He's done a lot for the festival. His website is uh, epicprops.com, and he does a lot of Asian-inspired uh, comic art, uh, and he's a comic book artist, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's going to be a happening then, huh? Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be good times, I think. Um, and then at, at the end, you'll see me cleaning up, probably vacuuming. <laughs> well, obviously, if you need some help, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been, no, no. you're on vacation, you go home, ah. see you bright and early next day. We're not, on, I'm always on vacation. So, I mean, anytime I can get spent more, spend more time with you, Rob. So, um, but yeah, Faith was really excited about the, about the night market. So, we're pretty, oh, yeah. so. You're yeah, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah, do you know much about this movie then? Uh, this year I know zero about every movie, nice. uh, except for <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle. Very common. Uh, and what what usually happens when I do know something about the movie, I make it a point to watch it if I'm enticed. Um, usually the programmers give me a short list of movies to watch out for, and like this is really good, you totally watch it. But I haven't even asked for that list yet. Yeah, uh, I've been I've been just super busy. Um, but it seems comedic, and I should know a little bit more. But I don't uh, apologize. 
Yeah, well, we'll uh, know more about it in about a week and a half. So the description's up on nyaff.org. You can see every description of every film there. Whatever tickles your fancy, and you can buy tickets. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're just excited in general. So, so I mean, I'm I'm going in this kind of blind. I have a kind of a peripheral view, but you know, I'm you know, I mean, I'm always up to learning new stuff. So sure, sure, um, sure. Now I've seen some clips. You've done some interviews in the past. Do you got any of those set up for this year? Or do you want to talk about your previous ones? Uh, yeah, because I don't have any stuff for anyone. That's me fucking with my SLR camera. I got fucking lights. I got really jerry-rigged microphones connected to iPhones on the on the <laughs> on these celebrities, and you're like, "What is this?" It's like, "This is our audio. Just please press record." <laughs> and then we, we make a happening of it. Uh, yeah, I've interviewed uh, Joe Hisaishi. He's the, the man responsible for all the Ghibli okay. film music. Um, that oh, was one of the scores on the movies, right? Yeah, yeah. All, all the all the ones Miyazaki did, he did. And okay. he's done he's done a bunch of Japanese films in the past, like ones that Beat Takeshi did, and another one, another really good one won an Oscar called Departures. That's a really good film. Uh, if you can find it somewhere, but I have a, I have a DVD somewhere. I'll try to rip it for you. Yeah, so I, I definitely have to. I, I've always been fascinated, but I just haven't really had a chance to really dig, dig, dig in. So I mean, I mean, Bruce Lee is one of my favorite. I mean, people in history in general, regardless of you know. I've met. So. I met his daughter at a nice premiere. Premiere to that. HBO show she produces called Warrior. Uh, I it was a terrible, terrible series, but it's got three, three seasons, which is great for Asian Americans. But uh, yeah. yeah, she was pretty nice. So Shannon Lee, right? Shannon Lee, yep. Yep, yeah. Faith got me. Uh, yeah. So she wrote a book. It's I mean, it's pretty. It's just basically just her rehashing all of her, you know, her father's philosophies, and that and that was the thing that really kind of got me. Was obviously I enjoy Bruce Lee movies for for the action and everything, but I mean just the philosophy and it's really kind of changed my perspective on life in general. But that's a whole other podcast over some beers, um, some other time. So that's just why I've really gotten 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 appreciation. So um, my know. my cousin, um, he I don't know he took Bruce Lee's teachings and lost like two hundred pounds just by. Like listening to what Bruce Lee said, and like you know, not not eating terribly, and he got down to like what twenty ten percent body fat. He Ooh. was really skinny at one point, and then he gained it back. But he said he he uh, attributed it to Bruce Lee, and that that's my cousin from the Philippines. So I don't I don't ever knock Bruce Lee. Um, he is a pioneer. And um, we showed his we showed Enter the Dragon. In 2015, I believe, on um, to to see that on the big screen is awesome. Yeah, I I I'd kill to see that. So yeah, one of these days because I just um I just finished uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar's autobiography, autobiography Big Steps, and uh, or Giant Steps, and obviously Bruce Lee was a humongous influence on him. Obviously, um you know being in death, yep. And yeah, and obviously Kareem Abdul Jabbar having roots in Milwaukee, um you know so. That was a great book. I highly recommend that if, if you like those kind of books. I, I really enjoy my books about the quote-unquote struggle. Um, I just read that and Harry Belafonte's book, which is fantastic. So 
Love Harry Belafonte. Um, I didn't realize I loved him as much as I do until I read that oh. book. I, I always I always heard that book was very, very fascinating. because uh, he was pretty much Martin Luther King's right hand man the entire time. You know, so he was mm-hmm. right pick of things. So I mean it was because it was him and Sidney Poitier, but you know, back in the day it really kind of broke groundbreaking. So mm-hmm. I'm a fan, so you know, and I spent some time in the Caribbean, so obviously I, I have some fascination in my Caribbean stuff too. So, wow, that's awesome. But um, yeah. So, so I know you're kind of going. I don't want to say blind, but what kind of uh, what movies in the past have really kind of surprised you? Um, I would say the ones that win, like the audience award are really good sometimes that's a little skewed because it sometimes becomes a popularity contest yeah um the ones that win the the jury award are good uh there's one called micro habitat which is this korean film about a girl who gives up her apartment and she's making like x amount of money on a wage and she only wants to afford smokes <laughs> that's that she just goes from like place to place living her life just smoking because she doesn't have a place to live. It's a little bit more than that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was really good. Um, another film. Uh, there was one called, oh, this crazy one. Oh, what was it called? Too Young to Die? A hero, no, Too Young to Die. Too Young to Die Japanese film. Yep. <laughs> 2016. It was about this guy who died on a school trip and he's trying to make his way back into the world and get uh, uh, reincarnated because during the bus trip that killed him, he finally got to talk to the girl of his dreams. Hmm. So he's fighting through hell to get back into the real world. But every time he comes back, like years have elapsed and he comes as a different <laughs> different animal so he comes out as like an insect and he gets killed right away comes as like like sperm <laughs> he comes out of sperm and gets ejaculated <laughs> to it to a tissue and then like finally at the end he, he um i think he gets rejuvenated revived as like a butterfly and then he sees the love of his life he just got old but mm-hmm. The, the struggle in hell for him was hilarious because it was like these he had to like make this rock band and it was just them like making music in hell for him to get revived it was bonkers but I would definitely recommend it if you could find it. it's called the too young to die hmm. okay yeah it's only something my mom would be into so I'm gonna send you the link the, the YouTube link that's trailer so, um, I was gonna say, did I see the movie The Killers can be playing this year? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, that's a that's a classic. Is that the John Woo killer? Um, I know. Like, I think that's um, I think it might be John Woo with um, uh, I can't remember his name right now. Cho Hoi Fat. Yeah, I think that is because a movie that really 1989. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a really good one. Oh shit, we're gonna miss that too. Damn it, because um, not it's not really a sequel, but the movie after that that he did with Charlie Young Fat, uh, Hard Boiled. Uh, Hard Boiled is great. Um, that movie probably changed my life. I haven't watched it in forever. I would really, really? Like, um watch that again. Um, so maybe we'll talk off air about me and you doing a movie review on that. Um, Shit, but, yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, I'll my. To... Um, so I was very fortunate as a kid. Um, I had a boss that he ran a little. I was a little short order cook, and I had a boss. And he so he hit me to like quit. And so I mean, he hit me to. I mean, he burned the first tape he ever gave me was Natural Born Killers, Clockwork Orange, and um, True Romance all on the same tape. Um, so I mean, he kind of saw it was, I was kind of getting a Tarantino and then he showed me and he got me a copy hard boil. I still have that VHS copy and, uh, yeah, that changed my life. He's like, yeah, this is probably the most violent movie ever made at the time. So yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, I would love, uh, yeah, I haven't watched it in forever. So I need to get a, cause I don't have a VCR right now. So I would look up uh, a film called Sonantine. Uh, it's a beat Takeshi film. Uh, he does a lot of Yakuza stuff. He's okay. He's a comedian, and throughout the uh, his fifties, he started making serious films, uh, mainly Yakuza films. And the, the the soundtrack was composed by Hisaishi, so music is really good. Um, it's about these Yakuza who. Get, who go away to a, a random island because they're trying to hide from this gang who's trying to kill them and they're trying to get into like a normal life but then the gang get, catches up to them and hel- not hilarity ensues but like a lot of gun shit happens so it's pretty <laughs> cool uh, the way it's made is pretty artistic uh, in a way uh, the way the way they show how people die yeah. it's really, really strange but I I can get it to you if you want to. We'll talk offline. Yeah, I mean, I'll you know, I'll I'll try just about anything. So I mean, yeah, yeah I was I was very fortunate. I always had some very good influences that way that kind of hit me to this kind of stuff. So, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely look at departures because uh, I actually did that as well. Um, old, old boy, you've seen old boy, right? No, I didn't think. Wow, the old boy is like is probably what got Korean film on the map in the West. So, and it was so good. Fucking Tarantino made the... No, no, Spike Lee did a remake, and it was terrible. Mm. But you got to watch the original, Old Boy. Um, It's about a guy who gets locked up for 10 years in a private prison. No idea what he did. He He just literally gets abducted on the street, and he doesn't get out until... Like ten years later, and he tries to find what the fuck happened to him. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, because Hard Boiled's not even on Amazon. That's stupid. So, yeah, I got a lot of catching up to do. So, yeah, there's just there's just so much. So, yeah. So you don't have any sleeper picks yet for this year that anyone's hit you to, huh? I'm going to. I'm gonna. F- find the the short list and i'll let you know if it coincides with your schedule yeah because i mean we just said screw it we bought every movie we're going to be there for so that's that's the way to do it when i was a the movie goer before i volunteered i would buy 
probably like three hundred dollars worth of tickets. Like anything that seemed cool, I yeah. was into Japanese culture a hell of a lot more back then. So I got all the Japanese films. Um, yeah, that's just the way to do it. Like in as long as you're okay with subtitles, it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, and you never know. I mean, there's sometimes like yesterday, for example, my mom threw on this movie called the uh, the Fisherman's Friends. And I just like writing the description. I'm like, this is gonna be the stupidest movie ever, but it's awesome. It was just about these um guys that just sing old sea shanty songs in Cornwall, England, and then they became famous like musicians. So uh, actually a really good movie. So you never know. So yeah, we're we're excited. So you know, it's our first vacation in nine months. So oh nice to have vacation. <laughs> yeah, so and then obviously yeah, we'll see you and your brother said he's going to show up too. Um, I'll try to drag him out. Um, sometimes he'll just show show up randomly, and then I just get him in for free. But he's got to make sure these are not sold out films too. Yeah, because he can't just walk in. Yeah, because so are they basically just showing it in one? It's in one theater then, right? Yeah, the first two weeks will be in one. F- one venue, Walter Reed Theater. Um, they're they're gonna have some panels across the street. Um, I think they're gonna have an Asian American panel. Uh, and then the last weekend will be at Asia Society that has a bigger theater, I think. But it's more towards the center of Manhattan. It's like 70th and like Park. Okay. So it's kind of, kind of a weird spot. Oh, so it's um for someone that doesn't know much about New York. So is this theater, is the Lincoln Center pretty famous though then? it Lincoln Center is famous for the name, uh, usually for the performance arts where they have the, th- the big theater there. So where you're watching it is part of film at Lincoln Center. That's their own entity. It, it's under the umbrella of Lincoln Center, but it's not exactly Lincoln Center. Oh. Uh, so when you're saying, oh, I'm going to go to Lincoln Center at, to, to watch film, it's really film at Lincoln Center. We'll say, we usually say FLC. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, us, you know, us Midwesterners, we don't know these things. So we're just, you know. I mean, uh, a lot of our volunteers don't know it. And they, they fucked up on some of their social media and we had, to, we had to tell them to take out Lincoln Center and put a film at Lincoln Center. Nice. So, and um, do a lot of people, like, are there a lot of people like us that travel for this, do you know, or? I don't uh, talk to people like come to these things at all or not, but yeah, yeah. Um, you'll probably meet my friend who used to travel from. Uh, she used to be in Vermont, and then she she used to be in the West Coast, and then she would travel to Fantastic Fest, and then she'd come here to watch uh, the New York Asian Film Festival and the the Japan Film Film Festival that occurs right after this called uh, Japan Cuts. That's at Japan Society. Yeah. Uh, her, her name's Christina, and she will definitely be vocal there, so you can't miss her. <laughs> um, she's nice. Um, but yeah, a lot of people will travel, uh, especially people who are in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have other people coming from Hawaii for their film festival, the Hawaiian International Film Festival. There's a girl from Chicago. Uh, that's just because they're they're in the industry and they want to see the movies to show at their own smaller festival. 
Okay. Um, this isn't but, a localized just for New York type thing. So it's, you know, there are a lot of people like us that do come into town just for this then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're a cinephile, people people make it like priority. That's awesome. It's the only <laughs> only way you can watch this. You can't really can't really find these online. You can't even like download them. Once they go to digital, if they're not popular enough to get a distribution in the West, mm-hmm. it'd be very hard to find them pirating, I'd say. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we might uh yeah, we might have to make this a regular thing after this year. So so yeah, this is this is fifth Christmas present. So nice. Yeah, I'm not a bad husband all the time, so <laughs> Um, so the movie The Killer is not the killer we're thinking about. It is a new Korean film. Okay. I don't feel as bad, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hard Boiled is definitely one of those movies that kind of, you know, because I mean, I grew up in rural Wisconsin, so obviously you don't see a lot of Asian movies, um, you know, playing at a local theater. So my boss sent me that, that really kind of opened my, my eyes to 15 year old me. I was like, Oh, <laughs> a copy of it. Cause then they came out in 92 and he had a copy of it like in 93. So, you know, this is before the internet. So I don't know who or what he knew. So I don't want to know. I'm just thankful he did. So I look like Ted Nugent, which back in the day was cool, but now, now it's as cool as it used to be, but that's more. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Well, cool. Um, Rob, is there any, before we kind of pull a train to stations or anything else you kind of want to talk about at all? Or uh, no, just uh, follow our socials, uh, facebook.com slash NYAFF, twitter.com slash NYAFF, Instagram at New York Asian Film Festival. And we have a TikTok for some reason, New York Asian Film Festival. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know how to use TikTok, so I'll have to ask Faith about that. Well, sweet. Well, Rob, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, the high fibers appreciate it. And I will see you in person in less than 11 days. I cannot so. wait. Thank you for having me. Well, of course. Yeah. Unless I said, yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got. But high fibers, we will talk to you guys later. Peace.